0: Under review right now, we have NFL action to react to and a lot of NFL news. This week was supposed to kind of be a NCAA tournament college hoops week only, but uh, the NFL has been buzzing with the offseason. A lot of quarterback movement and some breaking stories to get to. I've got to react to it. It's kind of been a loaded day. So I want to take a show to talk about all this stuff with the Russell Wilson trade rumors. Now maybe him staying in Seattle and not going to Chicago after it previously looked like he was going to be a Bear. The Bears sign Andy Dalton, Brissette to Miami, Fitzpatrick to the Washington football team, and the Patriots making some moves as well. It's just been wild loaded. I want to talk about all of it and kind of give you my thoughts and some angles uh, that it might not have been looked at yet uh, in mainstream media. So that's coming up and an on-the-spot show, coming your way after further review. Today is Tuesday, March 16th, 2021, and this is an emergency episode 4 of After Further Review with Sam Phelan. And although it is college basketball season and March Madness is around the corner, I have NFL action to talk about because the quarterback carousel is live. I recorded a show last week that talked a lot about the Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson trade rumors, um, and... What I thought was most likely regarding those scenarios, and unfortunately those didn't get uploaded, had some technical difficulties with that, so we missed the show and then missed extra time due to some personal stuff, but none of that matters anymore. And it doesn't matter anymore because of the news that came out today that is kind of taking the world of sports away from college basketball for a little bit. Strangely enough, um, that at this point, right in the middle of March, you're able to take everybody's eyes and and point them elsewhere, but that's the power of the National Football League. That is why it's the most popular sport in, in America and why it dominates the sports world so much because when news comes out in the NFL, it doesn't matter what's going on, everybody will drop what they're doing to pay attention to it. So last week when I recorded that show, things were looking like Russell Wilson was going to be traded from the Seattle Seahawks and it looked like he was going to be a Chicago Bear. That was the rumor, at least, he had listed that the Bears were one of the teams he would play for. Dak Prescott then signed with the Cowboys to take them off the list, and it started getting narrowed down to where the Bears seemed to be the most desperate team that was going to give up the draft capital necessary to get Russell Wilson. Bears fans were on board. I was on board. My head was always on Russell Wilson. And it didn't work out, and it didn't work out today, and and it's something that's close to my heart, and and my, and my head, and my fandom in sports, the Bears signed Andy Dalton today. Report from Adam Schefter came out that they made a very aggressive pursuit with Seattle and were trying to bring Russell Wilson to Chicago, but the Seahawks informed the Bears that they were not going to move Wilson. So it looks like Wilson will now be staying put. It looks like the Bears are now removed from the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. It looks like Mitchell Trubisky will not be back in a Bears uniform, even though that was already sort of a foregone conclusion. But the Bears have Andy Dalton and Nick Foles at quarterback. Ryan Fitzpatrick signed last night with the Washington football team. Uh, He will battle with Taylor Heineke for their starting position. And then minutes, seemingly, after the Andy Dalton news broke, Jacoby Brissett signed a deal with the Miami Dolphins. So... With all of the Deshaun Watson rumors to Miami, those are kind of dead now with Tua Tungavailoa and Jacoby Brissett potentially battling for a quarterback job there. You'd assume Tua gets the job uh, and they roll with him, but Brissett, not a bad backup plan for them either. So things are getting stirred up and the NFL draft is getting stirred up here as certain teams kind of remove themselves from the quarterback market and no longer have a need at the position. So right out of the gate, I want to talk about Andy Dalton, and I want to talk about the Chicago Bears. Not just because that is my favorite team and the most relevant to me, but it also feels like it's the most relevant national story in the NFL right now. Uh, With all the eyes that were kind of on the Bears for Watson and Wilson and all, all of the storylines surrounding that, it feels like Andy Dalton signing with the Bears is getting the most attention and the most backlash for sure of any of these moves. So I want to talk about it. I have been an Andy Dalton defender for some time. I think he gets a bad rap. I think he did a great job in Cincinnati bringing stability to that franchise. Um I actually uh, controversial take. I think Andy Dalton has a Hall of Fame case someday when he when he retires. I think he's has the body of work to do that. Um and Given the fact that he probably has a new starter position, he's going to keep adding on to those numbers where his case might just make itself for him when you look at his statistics. But that's beside the point because I'm an Andy Dalton defender when he's not on the Chicago Bears. And this move is not only a letdown for Bears fans and disappointing for Bears fans, it's straight up insulting to the fan base. To make the fan base feel like your priority, if you're Ryan Pace, if you're the McCaskey family, if you're Matt Nagy, whoever you are within the Bears organization, you made the fan base feel like your priority was going to be improving the quarterback position. You had your post-season press conference, and you talked badly about Mitchell Trubisky, your number two overall pick, who has been nothing, nothing but humble about the situation, nothing but taking the noble route He hasn't pointed any fingers. He hasn't been a diva. Mitchell Trubisky got benched when he shouldn't have gotten benched to a Nick Foles guy who played 10 times worse than he ever did. Came back in, got you into the playoffs somehow, and you can say what you want about his performance. He got the Bears into the playoffs. You look at his numbers. They're not as bad as the rap that Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace give him, but it's because they need a scapegoat. And you pushed Mitchell Trubisky out, and you said the quarterback position you needed better play out of the quarterback position and you don't deny the rumors that you're going after Deshaun Watson that you're going after Russell Wilson and you come out with Andy Dalton and I don't hate Andy Dalton I'm not here to make fun of him or put him down I actually feel kind of bad for him that he is in this situation going to Chicago where he's going to be hated and given a bad rap no matter what he does that's always a tough situation for a any athlete, especially an athlete at the quarterback position in a city as passionate as Chicago. But to me, it is such a lateral move, such an insulting move that I don't know where you go from here if you're Chicago. Andy Dalton at this point is a shell of his past self. He is a statue behind an offensive line. You have two fossils playing quarterback for the Chicago Bears right now. Andy Dalton and Nick Foles are as mediocre to, I wouldn't even say they're mediocre, they're mediocre to bad. Each of them are probably in the 20 to 32 quarterback rankings in the NFL right now, if you're ranking all starters, and they probably are more towards 32 than they are to 20. And they're both on the wrong side of 30. Their mobility is down. Their arm strength is down. Their decision-making is down. They've both dealt with injury problems, and these are the two guys you have going into camp right now for the Chicago Bears, neither of them on cheap contracts. The Dalton signing is just a $10 million deal, but when you talk about a Bears team that is struggling against the cap right now, doesn't know if it's going to be able to retain Akeem Hicks, doesn't know where it's going to get the rest of its offensive line from, And you're giving off those bigger contracts to a guy like Andy Dalton when you have Nick Foles under contract. You have Nick Foles under contract. If you wanted Nick Foles to play quarterback, just play Nick Foles at quarterback. You don't have to bring in another guy. And look, I get it to some extent. You called the Seahawks. You called the Texans. They either weren't moving their guy or they wanted way too much where it wasn't worth it where you had to mortgage the entire future and give up a great defensive player and three to four first-round picks just to get a conversation going. I get that that might not be what you want to do. But to go and get a guy with almost zero upside... You could have signed Marcus Mariota, you could have signed Jacoby Brissett, you could have traded for Sam Darnold, you could have traded for Gardner Minshew, you could have gotten one of these guys that are just fine and probably not an upgrade, but at least there's some upside there. This is the most lateral move you can do where you replaced Mitchell Trubisky with a second version of Nick Foles after proving during the past season that Mitchell Trubisky was a better option than Nick Foles. And now you just get two of them. If you wanted to do a guy on a one-year deal and then potentially reset if it doesn't work out, Jacoby Brissett signed a one-year deal with Miami. And he signed that as a backup. You're telling me Jacoby Brissett wouldn't have signed a one-year deal with the Bears to be their starting quarterback? He 100% would have taken that contract if you had offered it. And if, I mean, at least with Brissett, there's a thinking like, oh, hey, maybe there's something there. Maybe he breaks out, maybe a change of scenery and a new coaching staff helps Brissett, and he can be a better guy that improves your team for the for the immediate future. But with Andy Dalton, I don't feel that at all. So what do you do from here? The other thing that doesn't make sense to me, and I, I mean I talked about it, this might be better in the long run for the Chicago Bears than. Trading away all these draft picks to go and get a different quarterback. I understand that. You know, trading away four first-round picks and a great defensive player is a lot, and it would have hurt as a Bears fan. But if you get Watson or Wilson, you can look past it. As a GM, it might not be the best move. What I don't understand is why Ryan Pace cares. Why do you care? About a 2023 first-round pick, you're not going to be a Chicago Bears GM in 2023, Ryan Pace. You are not going to be here for these future picks that you keep saving because you refuse to make the moves necessary to upgrade the most important position in all of sports. You got it wrong with Mitchell Trubisky. I think he's an okay quarterback, but he was not a number two overall pick. He's not Deshaun Watson. He's not Patrick Mahomes. He's not these Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow type players. He's not that. You missed. Okay? You have to do what you have to do to fix it because in football, it all goes through the quarterback. And until you get the big one, until you get the big superstar, you're not going to win. You're going to go 8-8, eight and 9-7 eight, and seven every single year even with a great defense. So I'm having trouble understanding why a general manager and a head coach in the last year of their contracts sitting on the hot seat where half the people in Chicago already want them ran out of town would go into an offseason knowing that the number one issue to address on their depth chart was the quarterback position and they wouldn't put all the chips in the table for the future to fix it because that's your job. I don't know if there's something that we don't that we're not hearing about with this where they might have signed a contract extension that's not public yet or anything, but it doesn't make sense to have both of them have one more year on their deal and go and get Andy Dalton as the guy that they're gonna put ever put their chips in the middle for, that they're gonna go rely on. You're not drafting one of the elite guys at number twenty, I can promise you that. Are you banking on getting Kyle Trask? Is that your answer? I don't know what they're thinking. I And so that's what doesn't make sense to me. The reason I thought the Bears had the best chance at Deshaun Watson or the best chance at Russell Wilson was because that front office should be desperate enough to do whatever it takes. If you're going to go out, you better go out in a blaze of glory. You better go out kicking and screaming and trading away every single draft pick you can to put the best roster on the field and show the McCaskies, look what we can do. Look what I can assemble. If you're Matt Nagy, look what I can do with a good team. And if you do that, you might stick around. But Andy Dalton is a Chicago Bear. They brought back Allen Robinson on a franchise tag. They haven't moved Khalil Mack. They made a run at Trent Williams to play left tackle. They missed out on that too. But where do you go? What what is your option? Because if you're not rebuilding, if you were rebuilding, you wouldn't have brought Allen Robinson back. You wouldn't. You you would trade Khalil Mack. You would make the moves necessary to rebuild this team and gain draft picks. And I mean, sure, let Andy Dalton play quarterback for a year on a team that's going nowhere. I'm okay with that as a Bears fan. But you're telling me that this is your best option to contend in a one-year window, in a two-year window, in a window with this good defense that's closing? I can't get behind that. And I think you, at this point, I think you have to make a move in the draft. Dan Orlovsky said it. As soon as the news broke, they better move up and go get somebody in the draft. And I don't even know what that looks like. I don't know what that would take. I certainly don't trust Ryan Pace to make that pick, but I don't know what options you have at this point. Because if you go into next season with Andy Dalton and Nick Foles as your quarterbacks, it's going to be the same old story. And it's going to lose value on all of your core defensive guys. You're going to lose a year of Khalil Mack, a year of Roquan Smith. Allen Robinson's going to walk in free agency immediately after. So you have to do something drastic. If Andy Dalton's your backup and you want to cut Nick Foles and bring in a young kid to come start, that's something different. And that's a conversation you can have draft day. I don't know what you're even able to get. Is it Zach Wilson or Justin Fields? Whichever one of those two becomes the third quarterback off the board? I don't know. You really want to go all out for Mac Jones? I'd rather that than start Dalton, that's for sure. But I think the most confusing thing for me... Because I can sit back and like I said, I can acknowledge that this might be better for the future of the Chicago Bears than any of the other options. Trading multiple first round picks for a Goff or Garoppolo or a Matt Ryan, a Minshew, a Sam Darnold, probably not a good idea because you don't know if that's going to even work out. You don't know if that's an improvement. I think you should always go for the star quarterback. I would have traded just about anything for Russell Wilson because... That changes the franchise, but even if you do acknowledge that this could be a good move for the future, it's not a move that makes sense given the current state of your front office and of your roster, so we'll see how that plays out, but Chicago is in flames right now. Uh, the, The fan base is unhappy, and I don't blame them. I'm with them, and Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy have their work to do and some answers that they need to deliver to Bears fans immediately. So other news around the NFL, um, it's not just the Bears making moves. The Washington football team signed Ryan Fitzpatrick on a one-year deal last night. Um, Really like the move. I, I, I like it for Fitzpatrick. I like it for Washington. I think it's right where they need to be in this happy medium here. They were pleasantly surprised with the play of Taylor Heineke in the playoff game against Tampa Bay and impressed with his athleticism, as I'm sure the rest of America was watching him. Nobody really knew who this guy was, uh, but he came out and, and balled out. So there were some rumors that they would just go into the season with Heineke as the starter. They've been linked to Trey Lance a good amount, but and I, I think that that is still a possibility. Even so, Lance being North Dakota State, an FCS football team, only starting for one year in a COVID cancellation for his sophomore year, I think... limits his ability to come in and be a starter right away. So you're looking for either Taylor Heineke or somebody else to be a guy to step up, make those spot starts, be a good mentor. And I think you found the perfect guy in Fitzpatrick. And if you're Fitzpatrick, it's another opportunity to extend your career and just keep adding on more opportunities to play. I mean, if you would have said back in 2013 when Fitzpatrick was with Tennessee – He started nine games for the Titans back in 2013. They went 3-6. and He threw 14 touchdowns and 12 interceptions at age 31. And his career looked like it was fading into oblivion, that that it was kind of over for him. And he went to Houston and was uh, pretty good there when he got 12 starts and came off the bench and wound up with a job with the Jets and then Tampa Bay and then Miami. He just keeps finding these homes, and he's done a tremendous job of stepping in too. He has been that veteran presence that can have those flashy games. That's why they call him Fitz Magic, and I, I really like the guy. I like him as a quarterback. I like him as a leader. I thought Miami should have started him down the stretch, and it would have given them a better chance to make the playoffs than Tua, who looked very overwhelmed and inexperienced in that offense, but uh, Bryant Flores wanted to go with the younger guy, but good for Fitzpatrick. Uh, I like it when guys like this get opportunities to play and get risk-free opportunities to play. I think he can bring a lot to Washington football team, even if he's not the the opening day starter, where if Heineke were to start or Fitzpatrick were to start, he can mentor a younger guy that they bring in. He can be a placeholder for a potential draft pick next year if they were to pass on a first-round quarterback. And I, I, I just like the move a lot. He would have made more sense for Chicago to me. Because I think Fitzpatrick at least has the explosive ability to have those 400-yard, four-touchdown games where he moves the football with such ease at times that can really change an offense. And Washington, with such a good defense, with a pretty good offensive line, with a good young receiver in Terry McLaurin... I think they could find a lot of success with a veteran guy that's just able to move the football and kind of does things in an inconsistent but somewhat efficient type of way, and Fitzpatrick brings that to them. Heineke can bring that to them. Who knows, maybe Trey Lance can bring that to him on whatever timetable that is, assuming they draft Trey Lance. There's a lot of directions they can go and more teams interested in him. But I like the move. Overall, I think it was a pretty good signing, pretty healthy signing for both parties. Um, And that's the kind of moves that I like to see when a team benefits. I don't like to see the Andy Dalton as much as I like Andy Dalton. Would have liked to see Andy Dalton get a similar opportunity as much as I like Alex Smith. Want to see him get an opportunity. You want to see opportunities go to the guys where they are welcome and where they will be embraced with open arms. And I think Washington's going to do that for Fitzpatrick a lot uh, versus, versus... Chicago needed a star, Um, contrary to Washington football team. I think the state of the roster right now, the state of that franchise, this is a good fit in a lot of ways, so uh, hats off to them. And then looking at other moves, similar move by Miami as well. I mentioned Jacoby Brissett earlier as a Bears option with some upside. He signs with the Dolphins on a one-year deal. I think it's perfect. Uh, there was a lot of rumors that the Dolphins were going to make a move for Deshaun Watson, maybe including trading Tua, maybe moving on from Tua. Who knows? But you you knew Fitzpatrick was kind of upset with the way the season ended and with his benching. Uh, you had a feeling that they were going to go separate ways, but getting a replacement for him in Brissett, who's experienced, but also on the right side of 30 with a little bit of upside just 28 years old, and some starting experience can be really good for that franchise. I think he can take over if he needs to, if Tua's really struggling, if Tua's hurt. If you decide Tua's just not the guy, Brissette can be a bridge piece there uh, who can run the football a little bit and, and contribute to your offense in the same ways that Fitzpatrick could, in the same ways that Tua does in some ways. So I like his fit in Brian Flores' system, and It's not a long-term commitment, just a one-year deal. So if you are at that point where, hey, Tua is the guy, he does take that next step, he is the superstar quarterback we hoped he would be when we drafted him, then you're fine. And you just have a mentor in Brissette who has taken up that role in many different scenarios. He was a backup last year in, in Indy and did a good job of being the backup, coming in on the goal line when they needed to switch up their looks a little bit. He can do the same thing in Miami or... If two is not that guy and he's awful or he's hurt, Brissett can be your one year starter to keep that offense going, keep your team going after a year in which you were ahead of schedule and overperformed and saw a lot of development from a lot of areas of your team and you love your head coach. So he can keep that train going. And if you need to regroup and go pick a quarterback, I think he puts you in a position to do that a year from now. There's no rush if you're Miami. And that was one of the things that I thought was interesting about their Deshaun Watson rumors and their move on from Tua rumors. It didn't make a ton of sense because unlike some of these other teams like Chicago or Vegas who are sitting here and desperately trying to make the most of this window that they've put their franchise in, Miami's just walking into their window right now. They have a lot of cap room. They still have a lot of draft picks. Their roster is so young and going to develop so much more. It didn't feel like they had a necessity of pushing all their chips in the table now. So I kind of like a lateral move in some ways where where you give Tua another chance, and if it doesn't work after this year, you can then say, okay, here we go. But for now, Brissette, good fit, good backup, potential starter, and some upside uh, for a guy that has shown flashes of being a really good quarterback. So the last thing I want to talk about is the New England Patriots, because they've been making noise, not in the quarterback market yet, but they've been all over the place. They signed Matthew Judon. They signed Hunter Henry. They signed Johnny Smith. They got the two top tight ends on the market, and we know Belichick loves his two tight end systems. They brought back Cam Newton. They did do that, which was interesting to me because I thought that that relationship was done for. But Cam Newton is back on a one-year deal. I don't think he's their starter. I think they're preparing for another move. And I actually really like Cam Newton as a player, as a quarterback, when he's not the starting quarterback. Uh, His arm is shot. He was an incredible player three, four years ago. MVP Cam was something special. That's not who he is anymore. He can't throw the football consistently at all. But inside the 10-yard line, man, he is dangerous. He's up there in the top 50 all-time in rushing touchdowns he's the number one quarterback in rushing touchdowns of all time so the the man is just his body size and his athleticism is still unmatched at at the quarterback position well athleticism Lamar Jackson but Cam inside the 10 inside the 5 is a dangerous dangerous guy so I think the Patriots could definitely use him and Bill Belichick will use him um as in far as a A starting quarterback is concerned. I think there's moves to come, and and they're incredibly smart with how they're handling it. All of the contracts that they're signing are aligned to match up with the uh, salary cap increase and the the jump in salary cap that's coming to the NFL with the new TV deal. So they're not going to be up against the cap. They still have a ton of room to work and a ton of wiggle room where I wouldn't be surprised if Deshaun Watson was going to New England. I wouldn't be surprised if they made a big move at a a Matt Ryan or, or a big quarterback like that because that's all they're missing at this point. That's all they're missing to me. That team played tight games last year. They didn't make the playoffs, but they're still well coached. They still have a good offensive line, a good front seven on defense. They run the football well despite not really having a star running back, but that's Bill Belichick for you. They've gotten the weapons with the tight ends. They signed Kendrick Bourne. They signed Nelson Aguilar. They've gone out and, and and gotten some targets where if a big quarterback comes in there, all of a sudden you're talking about Nikhil Harry, Julian Edelman, Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, Hunter Henry, Johnu Smith. You you have the weapons there to be a pretty successful, pretty and, and Bill Belichick doesn't need star receivers. He has shown that with Tom Brady back in the day over and over again that he can take just about anybody and make him a number one in his system. Part of that had to do with Brady, but if you put a good guy, an elite guy, a guy who can throw the ball consistently like Matt Ryan on that team, you put a Deshaun Watson on that team especially, that is a dangerous, dangerous group, and I think they're handling their offseason incredibly well. Very intellectual and well-thought-out plan from the Patriots so far. So watch out for them. They've stolen the show for me uh, for the NFL news that's come out in the last couple days. And I don't think they're done yet, so keep an eye on them. So that's all I got for today's show. Um, I just wanted to talk about the NFL because the NFL, like I said at the beginning, never ceases to amaze me in the way that it can capture the attention of sports fans, myself included, in the most college basketball week of them all, this week leading up to the tournament, it is still the the talk of the town right now for sports fans is how their team is shaping up right now and what to look for in the draft. So I had to talk about it. And I know there's going to be more coming up. Uh, that's the other thing about the NFL. There is no offseason for this. It, it is just a long winding rumor mill that does not stop. So we will keep an eye on it, keep an eye on all these quarterback stories, all these uh, off-season stories as teams get ready for the draft and are starting to make moves. The the world loves its football, myself included. I don't have all the answers, but I try and break it down as best as possible, so I appreciate you tuning in. We'll have another show coming up in the next few days, either tomorrow or Thursday that will drop. So I'm excited for that, going to have a special guest on because it's March Madness season. It is bracket season. Going to give you all of my picks, the teams that I like, my sleepers, my favorites, my upsets to look out for, and breaking it all down. Really excited for that, so keep an eye on it. Uh, Appreciate you guys tuning in, and we'll have more for you coming up later this week after further review.